When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. All right, everyone, welcome in. This is Red Sox Beat again, of course, every week here on CLNS Radio. Attention, Red Sox fans. First, though, engage with your favorite sports podcast on CLNS Radio. We have partnered with Reached to develop a brand new way to talk about your favorite sports teams with all of your friends. Just go to www.reachedapp.com backslash CLNS and download the app for iOS or Google Play, and then you can register for our page or any of the other great pages we have on CLNS, um, Jess is in charge of our reach page, thank God, because I'd have no time in my life to do that. So thankfully, Jess stepped up and did that. Uh, great tool, Jess. What was the question you asked today? My question today was, should the Red Sox fire John Farrell? Pretty straightforward. Resounding yes. You can answer yes or no. We got, I, don't, we got, uh, I don't want to tell you how to answer, but it's a yes. We have four responses here, and we get two yes, two no, so it's not a resounding yes yet. Oh, well, who was the no? People in charge of this website? I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, me. I was one. And uh, Peter Flaherty the third. Not sure who that is, but thanks, Peter. Okay, so no one that I thought was actually going to answer no. All right then. Okay, uh, surprise to all of you because we haven't really announced this. We have a third wheel this week. Um, Lauren Campbell, the Red Sox beat writer for CLNS Radio, is going to join us full time as the third co-host of this lovely show. Um, Lauren, welcome. Thank Say you. hello, to people. Hello, people. Hello, people. Exactly. <laughs> Um, tell everyone your Twitter handle uh, so we can. It is at la 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 Lauren with four R's. <laughs> Most awkward Twitter handle on the face of the earth. Yes, and I both follow her. If you want to go look through ours, and also we will tweet it out a bunch of times as well too. It's also been linked to a bunch of stories we posted with her doing the Red Sox recap. She recaps our show every week. Um, I'm assuming she's still going to continue to do that, even though she's on the show now. Um, we haven't really talked about it. I just kind of said that right now but um yeah that's the case hopefully yes we, we talked about it me and her did at least so. okay cool mm-hmm. so lauren's gonna keep doing that so you'll, you'll i'm sure you've seen her twitter handle around but uh lauren's gonna join us from now on so good to have a third person on keeps jess and i on our toes and of course next um, week it'll just be me and lauren because jared will be yes on. i will not be here i will not be here next week i'm gonna go to a music festival in the middle of delaware instead of talking with huge milks um I'm putting all the responsibility on Jess next week. So if it's a bad show, just blame Jess. Yep. Contact him on Twitter. Um, at Red Sox Beat, of course, you can find us on Facebook as well. Again, we have a Tumblr page now, which is fantastic. Um, so go on and check us out there as well. Um, uh, you can email us now because I did that as well. I don't know why, but I decided to. So it's Red Sox Beat, CLNS, at Gmail. And you can email us if you're an email hound, which a lot of people I know are still. So you can do that as well. Um, Jess and Lauren, I gotta get used to that. <laughs> I almost skipped you right over Lauren. Um, so you both the, of you, the script. Let's uh, jump right in here. We'll talk about the crap team in a second that we have to watch every night. But first, let's get some MLB headlines. First, the San Diego Padres, like as of five minutes ago, have fired manager Bud Black after an underwhelming 32 and 33 start to the season, according to the team. So, Dave Roberts, the infamous Dave Roberts in these parts, will manage until an interim manager is hired. 
Uh, Chris Heston of the Giants threw a no-hitter last week. Against the Mets, he followed that up with a crappy 4-0 loss to the Diamondbacks, so kind of large averages on that one. Max Scherzer may have missed the perfect game, but he still made franchise history for the Nationals. His 16 strikeouts versus the Brewers is a single-game franchise record for the Nationals, so good job for him. Um, the, the hit they also the hit also was crap that he got ruined on, so that, that was kind of rough, too, but uh, either way. And finally, the Rays are looking to get ahead in the game. The overachieving team this year is set to install technology that tracks pitching movement and other stats that will look to help pitchers improve their game. I'm going to react to that in a second. If you want more details, there's a good article art about it. Uh, actually, Adam Bellu, I believe it was, on our site, took it off. Uh, so I appreciate that. And brought to you by Lynda.com. Over 4,500 different courses taught by experts. It's great stuff. You can learn a bunch of stuff for it. Justin and I have used it before. It's great. So go on and check it out. You get a free trial. www.lynda.com backslash CLNS. Free 10-day trial. You're welcome. All right, you two. Um, first of all, Bud Black, man. Why would he get fired? I, I get there at 500, but, like, that's kind of quick. Yeah, it's, I mean, I know they're supposed to be really good this year. I know, you know, James Shields, all the great bats they got and all that. But, yeah, they're under 500, but it's only one game, and it's not like it's not like they're out of the playoff race, and they're a lot better than a lot of teams. So I am very surprised. I did not expect him to get the hook that quickly. Yeah, me either. Um I mean, they're only they're six games out in the division, and as Jess said, with James Shields and Matt Kemp, I don't know. I don't think it makes a lot of sense. I think it was um, they kind of bit the bullet on that one too quick. Yeah, kind kind of stupid. Um, Heston though. Yeah, I mean, good game by him, huh? That was incredible. I guess what, did he have three hit batters? I, I saw. He did. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, that's a way to lose a perfect game. But regardless, he got the no hitter, and he's having a pretty good rookie season. He's six and five right now. Um, and first no-hitter of the season, if somebody's got to do it, well, not somebody doesn't have to do it, but if it happens, somebody's got to do it. And Leave it to the rookie. Right, it's incredible. Rookie no-hitter, it's Clay Buckholz all over again. So hopefully Chris has his career. <laughs> hopefully he has a little better of a career than Clay Buckholz. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was fun to watch. Um, I'm kind of surprised it took till June into the season to get a no-hitter because last year there were no-hitters left and right. Yeah, it's been happening a lot yeah, more crazy. recently. Yeah. Oh. Also, Jeff's side note, I want to brag. Who told you to pick him up on your fantasy teams like a month and a half ago? Yeah, you sure did. This guy. <laughs> I got to win something, Jess. I mean, I predicted horribly this week without you guys here. So I had to I have to claim something of my own. Hey, you got that right. You sure did. I did. I did. Um, Max Scherzer, yeah, that was a nasty game. Yeah, the hit was just a little stinky blue pit that just got over Rendon's head. It was like so close and he went all the way and only gave up the one hit. So he might as well have thrown a perfect game because he was darn good. Oh, his stuff was great. Yeah, you know, one hit and then 16 strikeouts. I mean, it, that doesn't, besides the perfect game, it really doesn't get much better than that. No. I, I, you saw his face, too, when that ball dropped in. Because, Jess, you showed me the video today because I hadn't seen it until this morning. And I was like, are you kidding me? That's the way you lose a, no, no, a perfect game. Ugh. At least he came back and pitched well, though. It wasn't like he lost it and fell off the rails after. Well, it's like he said, like, perfect games and no hitters are, you do have to be pretty lucky because. There's so many blue hits like that in games and stupid hits and things that shouldn't be hits that happen all the time. So that's yeah, why it doesn't happen very much. Yeah. Uh, the Rays. And they're always they're always doing new things, aren't they? They're always trying to figure out, even without Joe Madden, they're still trying to I was going to say, <laughs> Joe Madden's not even their manager anymore. <laughs> they're still doing this. But, yeah, I mean, it's I mean it's interesting to see what will happen. It's tracking pitching movements, trying to, try to uh, improve games and prevent injuries and stuff. I mean... If it works, more power to him. It's, it's definitely interesting. 
Yeah, I was going to say it's um, interesting, to say the least. I don't know. <laughs> like, interesting. We don't really know it's what different. to expect yet, obviously, because it doesn't It's happen. very different. It's very shocking. Um, I, 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 what caught my eye was someone talked about it on Twitter and was like, if the Red Sox installed it, they'd probably break the damn thing. Yeah, Adam said that, yeah. <laughs> was it Adam? Yeah, yeah that was Adam. It's just it's so true, though. Like, who knows? But if it works, it's cool. It's a smaller way to get some more pitching and uh, analysis on your little small mechanics that Clay Buckles claims to have problems with. Uh, I don't know. But either way, that's it. Those are your MLB headlines. Those are reactions. That's first reactions you hear from Lauren. Good job, Lauren. Thank you. Um, just had some news come through my phone here on a Bleacher Report notification that John Farrell held another team meeting today. Man. That's always fun. This guy, um, every week. Held a team meeting. Dustin Pedroia said we're not going to listen to the media bowl. Uh, Almost one. Whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... I want to talk about this real quick before we get to the recap, Jess, because it's kind of right in front of my face. Um, why does he keep holding these meetings? Is it to yell in at somebody, or is it just to really try to rally the troops? Well, here's the question. Does he keep doing it because nobody's responding to the previous meeting, or does it actually work briefly for a day or two, and then they start forgetting? So he calls another meeting and says, hey, guys, remember that meeting we had? Let's do that again. Remember so they have to have a meeting every day, if that's the case? That, like... that doesn't work. These guys got to be motivated in some way. They can't. They can't rely on a meeting, a, a bi-weekly meeting all the time to, to figure out how it's to like play. It's like a five-year-old. Yeah, seriously. It's like a five-year-old. Come here. Okay, sweetheart, you got to hit the ball just like this over the wall and see what happens, okay? When the, when the pitch is not over that little white thing in front of you, let it go. Don't swing. Makes you wonder, doesn't like, it? No motivation on this team. Lauren? No, there's none. And um, like Jared said, it's like a child. You can't keep telling them the same thing. It's just redundant at these at this point with these meetings. I think they're just... They're not proving to fix anything. They're sh- like I don't know. The team's just still terrible. Awful. Just it's disgusting. I'm not going anywhere. But uh, to recrap the crap. To recrap. That, uh, to recrap it. <laughs> to recrap the crap. <laughs> to recap. The trademark to re- that one. Recrap the cap. Um, no, it was bad this past week. No, we didn't even win. First of all, um, so I was way off of my prediction. I don't even want to talk about that. Jess, I, I'm gonna let you do your thing because this it was rough for me last week. I need I need you yeah, to just four, make me feel better. Four and two, man. No. I was I took a little bit of your optimism and tried to go with it. Well, you know what I was wrong to do I tried that. that. They were completely opposite. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just gonna be bad. I'm gonna be pessimistic from now on. If I'm right, I'm right. Well, I understand your I understand your your <laughs> pessimism, but hey, maybe they'll have another five and two week like like we got predicted. We'll see. Yeah. So, no game Monday. They started Tuesday, and boy, was that a heartbreaker. It was scoreless for six full six and a half full innings, and the only run of the game for Baltimore. And the first game of the series was a wild pitch by Matt Barnes. And that was it. Just one nothing, five hits for each team. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, in his first outing of the week, pitched a really good game. Six innings, three hits, no runs, seven strikeouts, lowered his ERA to .44. But then Barnes gave up a couple hits and gave up the wild pitch. And, shocker, let's say it again, the Red Sox couldn't score, like always. <laughs> That's pretty much all I have to say about that game. It was just... Just one bad pitch decided the entire thing, which you hate for a game to end like that. Well, not end. It was the seventh inning. But you hate for a game to be decided on that. And it it was, and it started the week on a sour note, and just got worse from there. Uh, Wednesday, pitching matchup was Rick Porcello and Wei-Yin Chen, and Porcello came up with another stinker. He was 4-2 and two earlier in the year, and now he's lost four straight games to fall to 4-6. and six. His ERA is over 5. I said, see ya, my fantasy team. He's gone. 
and which he gone. Jared had been telling me to do for about a month. I finally listened to him. <laughs> yeah, you got to listen to me, dude. Come on. Well, I was giving him a chance, and he did well one game, and then he decided to be terrible again. So he's gone now. The wonders of this pitching staff, right? Yep, inconsistent city. So we got down early. Two runs in the bottom of the second inning. A J.J. Hardy RBI double. Ryan Flaherty RBI single. So before you could even turn your TV on, it was already 2 nothing. Brock Holt got one back in the third with an RBI double. And just like this happened pretty much the whole year, Adam Jones got an RBI single right in the next half inning to make it 3-1. As soon as they get a little momentum, the other team just destroys it immediately, which is pretty much the story of this game because the Red Sox got one more in the sixth to tie uh, to make it 3-2, and that was as close as they'd get because in the next half inning, bottom of the sixth, again, two more runs for the Orioles. That's kind of been Rick Porcello's season in a nutshell. He always gives up the runs. We've talked about it before on the show. He always gives up the runs right after the Red Sox get a run for him. It's awful, and I told you, like, he'd probably, if there was a stat for this, I don't know if there is, I really don't, but if there was a stat for this, he'd probably be way ahead of everybody else in terms of scoring, allowing runs the half inning after your team scores. He's terrible yeah, at it. That's, that's the exact opposite definition of a shutdown pitcher. It's like, you're supposed to shut the team But it's okay, he's worth $20 million a year. It's uh, fine. Not right now. <laughs> Lauren, you want to give a quick thought on Porcello? Oh, God, I don't know. I had high hopes for him this season, and... Me too. It's, no. I mean, I had high hopes for this team, but... Didn't we yeah. all? Uh, <laughs> no, not good, not good. I still think you can turn it around, but, you know, 526 ERA is not going to get you very far. Nope. Nope. Let's see what he does tonight. Um, so, yeah, that was that game, 5-2 final. Sox couldn't score in the last three innings and dropped the first two quietly to fall to 27-33, and 33, just as everyone thought they were getting momentum with a nice 5-2 and two homestand. And then two in a row lost, which brought us to Thursday, which was – the best game of the series in terms of excitement, I would say, because another back-and-forth game, not really the right back-and-forth for the Red Sox, but they got down 4 nothing in the first three innings, which is terrible, obviously. It was Wade Miley. He uh, stunk it up, gave up a home run of the first Adam Jones and a home run of the third to Nolan Reimold, a couple other RBI singles down early. Red Sox did come back at the beginning, top of the fourth inning. They got three runs. Not Mike Napoli actually got an RBI for once. Score Pedroia. Paulo Sandoval got a two RBI double. He's been breaking out. We'll get to that a little bit more. That was four to three, and then just like we've been talking about, next half inning, Manny Machado home run, five to three. Right, did you get back in the game? And that was the night over the day. No, it was the night. That was a night game for Wade Miley. Uh, mm-hmm. Four innings, nine hits, five runs, and if you don't know what happened at this point, then you probably aren't following the team very closely because he had a nice little heated affair with John Farrell. They yelled at each other. Miley's hair was flipping all over the place. Stormed down the steps. John Farrell followed them, and it, a weird situation because they were both completely different the next day than they were that night. Because oh, we'll get to that. Don't worry. Don't you, you worry. Wanna, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to- about that separately. But we'll get to that. It was an ugly situation. Miley was done after four, and it was five to three at that point. Red Sox were still battling back. Bogarts hit an RBI single in the sixth to make it five four. They wait an inning this time to go up another run. Bottom of the seventh now. Matt Wieters hit an RBI sack fly six to four. Then Ortiz hit a home run, started to break out, made it six to five, got us back again. She kept giving these fans hope. Four to three, five four, six five, and they lost six five because they couldn't score in the ninth inning. So. They're the worst. This team's the worst. And that was your that was your uh, series. 
over. Shocker, they got swept yeah. by a team who's been just as bad as you have been over the last like couple weeks. Yeah, that was the thing about that series. Like you were only you were basically almost at the same record essentially. I mean the Sox were twenty seven and thirty one and the Orioles were twenty six and thirty. So the Red Sox had one more win and one more loss, which is essentially the same. And they got swept and that pushed them farther back. You gotta and now those games. you are eight games back at first, and the Orioles are the next team above you, three games back at first. Exactly. That series just totally ruined all momentum and all hope to get back in the division at this point in the year. So that was that series. That brought us to a weekend oh, series this, with the hottest this, team this in the league. Game. <laughs> this game. Yeah. The Friday game. Yeah. Oh. yeah, so Orioles came into town riding a eight-game winning streak at the time. Now, you thought the Red Sox were going to... Well, okay, so my thought in coming into this game was Red Sox are on a three-game losing streak, Blue Jays are on an eight-game winning streak. I think it's going to switch. I was like, I think we're, the Red Sox are going to win because usually hot teams, at some point, they just lose it and have a bad game, and then the other team will win. Well... That's what it looked like it was going to happen, because the Red Sox got off to a 5 nothing lead after one. Ortiz, two RBI singles, Sandoval's two-run homer, Mookie Betts, home run, back-to-back Sandoval Betts, and it was 5 nothing off Drew Hutchison after one inning. So, of course, I thought, wow, I just thought this, and now they're doing exactly what I said. So everything was great. Everything was fantastic. <laughs> For once, I'm right, yeah. Yeah, I felt good about it. And then Pedroia had a home run in the third after Toronto got in one run, and it was 8-1 to one after three innings. 8-1. I was like, this is fantastic. They're finally breaking out. Life's good. They're going to win a game. They're going to break the streak. Too easy. All is well. Well, all wasn't well because Toronto just chipped away, chipped away. Ryan Goins, RBI double. Jose Reyes, RBI ground out. Josh Donaldson, RBI single. And it was 8-4 to four off Joe Kelly after the fifth inning. So they're a little closer. Still not quite there. He came out of the game, and then the seventh inning happened. And boy, was that an inning. They did it all with no outs. Nine runs, eight hits for the Blue Jays with zero outs. How do you you can't get an out? You have to get an out like by luck at some point. Like a wimpy ground out or like a something a, yeah. a strikeout or maybe a fly ball. How do you do that? And like I have a little bit of happiness because Russell Martin hit a triple and I, and that was no, nice. I but like, I don't want to hear about your fantasy team. But like other than that, I mean at that point too, I was like, all right, they're gonna lose. Let's just hit the triple and be done with it. So, yeah, he, but yeah. like still, like how do you not? get a single out just out of sheer dumb luck. And it was all like, until Martin's hit, it was like all singles. It was just like hit after hit after hit after hit. You know, it was it was a double, it was a uh, a single and a double to start it, and then single, 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 single. <laughs> it was like they were shaking a champagne bottle, and then Russell Martin popped the cork off the top, and they started celebrating. Like, it was insane. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good... Good phrase. And then Justin Smoke popped the, popped the bottle even more off with a home run. Of- yeah. Crazy. So that inning was Matt Barnes and Junichi Tozawa. Neither of them gotten out, and they gave up seven hits and eight runs combined before Lane came into the game. He gave up his home run, and finally got three outs. And that was it. I mean, the Red Sox, they had a chance. They came back. Bogarts got a single, made it 13-9. And then the Red Sox had the bases loaded in the bottom of the eighth inning for Mike Napoli. Oh. And you all expected him to hit a home run, and that was dumb of you because he was going to strike out, and he did. Because he's one for, tw- for one for his last twenty, and can't even get in the game now. So is he under two hundred yet? I think he might be at two hundred. Exactly. Okay. Well, he's going on two hundred. I can then. tell you here. He's at two hundred exactly. Yep. 
Good. Okay. Well, he sucks. Yeah. Let's get him off the team. Let's let's just keep him from playing. Put Nav at first base. Bring him back off the DL. Yeah, because like I don't care. He's in better than that. Nah. It's just it's awful. And look, I'll give you a little bit of optimism. When they lose like that, they usually don't score a couple runs after the fact. They actually did. Yeah, they battled. And they, they had a, they had chances. They just couldn't hit timely. But still, come on, you were winning eight to one in the seventh inning. Yeah. Well, no, it was like eight to five by then. But still, like. Come on. Eight, what are you doing? Right the, going, going to the fifth. Going to the fifth. You were up eight to one. Yeah. And I'm like, okay with eight to four because that's who they are. They're going to give up some runs, especially to a team like that. They have a decent lineup. Especially Joe Kelly. Exactly. Yeah. And it was Joe Kelly. But like, you're up eight four and then you give up that many runs with no outs. I don't get it. It's just, I, I don't get this team. It's just, they're all crap. Yeah. It was, it was an ugly game. Here, Lauren, you probably have opinions on the game too. Oh, that was just painful to watch. It was just. I, I just I don't understand how you blow a seven run lead. I don't so so quickly too. Yeah, you put Joe Kelly on the mound. That's what you do. But yeah. it wasn't it wasn't him. It was the bullpen. <laughs> yeah, well, it was just it was terrible, and it was just they looked sloppy, and it was just like just watching that game. It was like this is our nutshell, our season in a nutshell. Like this is yeah. exactly it's awesome. terrible. Worse, really, <laughs> it really is worse than the season in a nutshell. Yeah, it's bad. It's become it's becoming this is becoming the season though. So. Saturday felt pretty bad too, Jess. Not gonna yeah, lie. So I know that the blowout was bad, you, but Saturday felt pretty bad. You think too. Friday was the lowest point of the year, so we moved to Saturday, Toronto again, and the Red Sox actually put up a game, and it's close, so close that it even went into extra innings. But we'll get to that. So, yep, Jays with a nine-game winning streak at this point. Got off to a quick start, three runs in the second off of Clay Buckholtz. He always has rough starts, and then he settles in. Uh, that guy. Four nothing Jays after. The top of the fourth. Once again, the Red Sox battle back. Bogart's RBI single. Sandoval, two RBI single again for him, and it was four to three. And then two innings later, Ortiz had another home run, tied it at four. So another good comeback, and the team actually didn't give up more runs after that, which was great to see. So then nobody decided to score for the next four innings. We headed to the 11th inning, and Russell Martin ripped everyone's hearts out, who actually thought we were going to win a game. Hit a home run off Matt Barnes, and that was that game. Now, all of a sudden, you had a five-game losing streak. You lose a heartbreaker after the night after losing another heartbreaker. And now you're sitting in the basement even further at 27 and 36. You think all right, will get better, right? Maybe win one game. So they come out. <laughs> Eduardo Rodriguez yesterday on Sunday. Oh, our savior, Eduardo Rodriguez, we're actually going to win a game. And the first three innings, he was fantastic. Didn't give up anything in the first three innings. And then he decided to give up. Nine runs in the next two innings, just when the team needed a good pitching performance, not a bad one. Okay, but he was like due for a bad game. Though. I know, and that's why you can't rely on one guy. <laughs> just a crappy situation to have your bad game. But I mean, at this point, the way the week was going, he was due to have a bad game then. Especially against a team with ten straight wins and a great offense. Yeah. Makes sense. The whole it's just I don't even know. Like obviously, like you talked about Saturday, how they they were down four zero, they got they tied it back up. At that point, it's like oh. There's a little bit of hope here. Okay, they're going to come back, use the momentum, and then Russell Martin tears your heart out. Yesterday, Sunday, awful. Just entire game was hard to watch. Well, this is what this team is, unfortunately. And, I mean, this week is a little be- worse, like, than, worse yeah. than it should be. But, like, this is what this team is. The win three and, like, the Oakland sweep was great. But Oakland's worse than you are. Right. Other, they're, they're basically like a triple-A team. you got to be so other than, better than you. Yeah. Other than that, they've done nothing. And... Like we and we overreacted to the Angels series that time when they got swept too. Jess, we did the same thing. I know I did. Like we all got, oh, we're gonna use this momentum. Then the week after the Angels series, they they got they won what twice. 
Same thing happened this week. Only they didn't win at all. Yeah, it's it's annoying because they keep giving us hope. Like in that game, it was yesterday. It was ten nothing, and then all of a sudden it was ten to five after Ortiz's home run. But you know, too late at that point, and then gave a couple, a couple more runs in the seventh, and then all of a sudden it's thirteen to five, and you're like, wow, thirteen more runs, thirty one runs in three games. And I saw a great stat which obviously we poured over after May. The Red Sox scored 82 runs all of May. Toronto scored 31 runs in three games. Come on. That sums it up. Like, come on. Really? Basically, basically oh. sums it up for you. Brutal. I know they have a great offense, but like that's just pathetic. Yeah. So that's your week, 0-6. Now we're 27-37. Mm-hmm. Far down in the basement of the ALE. Well, not far, but farther. <laughs> Eight games back. And a negative 60 run differential. Which can work. There it is. That's the one you always love to hear. Yeah, and everyone else in the division has a positive run differential, so that's that's your story. Did you get an MVP this week, Jess? Yeah, I mean, there were good players because the Red Sox did score runs, just not the right way. Uh, David Ortiz had a really good week, which is actually really con- encouraging, obviously, because he's been playing like garbage, and he's been telling people he's not done, and he at least prove for a week that he's not done because he had, let's see, going back to the beginning of, this, of the first series, he had seven hits, a really nice five runs, three home runs, and seven RBI. That's a great week. He played, it is a great he week, really surprisingly. Well. Yeah. Didn't amount to any it's nice wins. nice to see him play but, well. Right. And then Paulo Sandoval had three straight games where he had two RBI, and he had a triple, he had a home run. So he also had a really good week. So I'd say you got to give co-MVP to the two of them because, obviously, no one else did anything that fantastic. I mean, there were some home runs, like Pedroia and Betts hitting home runs. But, unfortunately, none of it amounted to wins, and that's really all that matters. And for the first time ever, Jess came up with an LVP. He made something up because of how bad this guy was this week. Yeah, Wayne Miley, least valuable player because he fell apart and made a little scene and got a lot of people even angrier at this team than they already were in the first place. So I was really hoping you weren't going to read what you actually wrote on no, the paper. Of not. <laughs> I was like, wait, hold on. Don't he was like, wait, Miley, because I'm like, no, 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 don't finish your sentence. No, oh, well, let's man. talk about, let's talk about that, that mess now, because that's leading to our next topic. And he definitely was the beautiful low, segue. He was the low point of the week and it just kind of summed up the 0 and 6 week. What happened? So here, beautiful you know what? Right. Lauren, Tell us what happened. Um, he lost his mind after he had a terrible outing, and he acted like a child. He stormed away. He stormed into the clubhouse, and I don't know. After um, Farrell kind of backed him up, which was weird. But then the next day, he's like, "Oh, it was totally unacceptable." So it kind of it's making me think of the uh, Bobby Valentine era, where the team's just falling apart and uh, they're just losing their minds. I don't know. I'd almost rather. Lauren, I'd almost rather the Bobby V era, because at least he was entertaining. Yeah, no, that's true. He was. He's, John Farrell's so m- mundane. He's just, yeah, you know, we're trying to get better. And I, I just feel like with, with a little bit of, he had a little bit of tight soreness, so we kept him out. And we're going to evaluate him and get ready to come back to the next he's day. He's scripted, see isn't he? <laughs> he's so yeah. scripted, and I'm so sick of it. And that's, why, that's part of the reason why he doesn't fit here. He, someone needs to smell, uh, blow some smoke out of these players' rear ends, and they no, he won't do it. No, he won't. He won't. He's, he's too... Too connected to the players, and he's he's been with some of them well, since when he was the pitching coach. So they probably think they can get away with this kind of thing with him, and now it's just falling apart right in front of his face. 
But why would they want to get away with it? Like, don't you want to be a motivated team who's going to play well? And Clearly, they don't. Here? Right, I know. It's just the thing. But why? Why, why is that? Because Hanley Ramirez is on the team, and he doesn't give a crap. He's a terrible. Okay. But anything. We already covered that. He has a terrible attitude. And yep. I, I know. Still think that. Of course he does. So you have a couple scenarios now you can play out with this because obviously they changed their tune. So one, why would they change their tune? I know what I think because I think it's a matter of they've said what they really felt after the game. And then someone, either Ben Sherrington, Lucino, or ownership came down and said, you guys can't talk like that. Switch your roles tomorrow. And I, I really think upper management had something to do with the why it turned around so quickly. Because why else would your tone of voice? You can't go from, oh, I think it, he's very compassionate, and I can respect his competitiveness and his level of competitiveness every night, to I think it's unacceptable, and I, can't, I won't accept it, and I won't allow it, and I think it's wrong. Like, you don't just switch scripts like that in 24 hours. Well, the other thing I thought, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if, I don't know all the things about the inner workings, but do you think they possibly saw what like fans and everybody was saying about how stupid what they said was, so they decided to change it? Could that have been a possibility? Probably, but wouldn't that ownership? Wouldn't that be ownership coming down and saying something? Because I don't think John Farrell has anything cares at all what we have to say. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, is it, would 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 they really care what people have to say? Probably not. But yeah, I, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, it, it does kind of seem like it was a, a management thing. Because I don't think John Farrell just can turn around that quickly, and I don't think he's built like that. He's been so mundane his entire professional like managerial career that I don't think he's going to turn around and just be like that. He's never done that, even with the Blue Jays. Like he he was never that kind of manager. Yeah, I don't. Lauren, what do you like? Do you think? <laughs> do you think it was management? Uh, yeah, because he's very like we just said. He's very scripted. He's very by the book. I don't think he would say something and then less than twenty four hours later come out and completely reverse what he said. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that what he actually thought was the first thing he said. No. I blame Larry Lucchino because I blame Larry Lucchino for almost everything with this team. Um, (laughs) For probably good reason. You learn very quickly, I do not like Larry Lucchino Mm -hmm. at all. Um, Yeah, you say it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not hard to hate him, but I I don't know. I just think he's a big problem. But um, I heard something come up kind of during the week when this happened right, right away, and I'm intrigued to see what you guys think about this. It's... People thought maybe, oh, now do they have to get rid of Wade Miley to make an example? Because you can't, you can't fire John Farrell now. Because if you fire John Farrell, then you're kind of siding with Wade Miley and saying, oh, well, if you don't want, you don't like your manager, yell at him and we'll fire him for you. So, like, does Wade Miley have to get punished at all for this? Well, that was the that was my reach question before the last one. If if they should do anything about it, and the most people most people's response was that they should just give him his next start and that it's not that big of a deal. Which I was somewhat surprised at and somewhat not, because it's like, yeah, like, is it is it really worth punishing over? But it might be just because of how the team's going, and just to show like some some kind of accountability, like, hey, you're not gonna you're not gonna pitch your next start if you act like a five year old. So it's a t- I don't know, it's a tough situation to figure out what what you should do. I'm, do you remember what I answered? I don't remember. You said the same as me. You said he'll start his next start. Stuff like this happens. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought because I really believe that that's the case because look. I'd rather him do that and get fired up than have no emotion. Like, that's like the first thing of, like, fight I've seen in this team all year. I'm okay with it. I mean, granted, he probably shouldn't have flipped out. He was sucking. He gave up, what, three home runs? Yeah, if he actually had, like, a valid argument, maybe. (laughs) He was terrible. Like, dude, get off the mound. You were terrible. You were awful. Like, if I was John Farrell, and John Farrell, if I was John Farrell, I would have done the same thing. I would have stalked him down down the tunnel and been like, are you bleeping kidding me? Shut your mouth. Go sit on the bench, and we'll talk about this later. Right. Like, you don't do that. It's one thing if he was, like, 
pitching well, and it was just because of the pitch count or something, and like there was a reason for him. But he was terrible, like always, and there was reason for him to come out of the game. Well, everything's magnified nowadays too. Like you, you know, if something like this happens, that everyone's gonna be all over it. Gotta love Twitter. They were. Oh yeah, we were all over that. It was great. Yeah, it was. Dumb hick. Um, <laughs> best thing about this, though, was, and you know how bad it was, and Jess, I think you know where I'm going to go with this, it was the fact that, you know, if you ever watch this, and you all do, you have to watch the game somehow. It's a matter of, those guys, uh, in terms of Don Orsello and Jay Remy, they're pretty sugar-coated with things, and they pretty much always favor the team. No matter what happens, they try to make it sound nice to keep the fans around, and to keep those lovely pink hat fans around. Um, those two were even on them about it. And they were saying stuff like, oh, that's not okay. He shouldn't be doing that. That's not okay. He pitched poorly. He was. They were on him about that. That's when you know it's bad. Yeah, I, like I told you today, I didn't I didn't hear them say it. Lauren, did you Did you hear them say that stuff? I didn't hear it, but I read about it, and I was just like, oh. that's when you know that they've given up on this team too. Like, I feel bad for them. Or like them and Joe Castiglione together. Like, they're all great broadcasters. They have to sit through this crap. I know. And they had to sit through it last year too. <laughs> Best part of this, though, was getting Dennis Eckersley's, Eckersley audio about claiming that Wade Miley was on acid. That was fantastic. Are you on acid? <laughs> are you on acid? What are you doing? Cool. You can't do that. Classic Eckersley right there. Oh, I love He's him. literally my favorite oh. person in the world. He's so funny. Best thing, though, about Eckersley is that the A's have, like, a mascot for him. Right. Yep. Like, every time they go to Oakland, they, like, get a picture with them and, like, always show them both together. I love that they have that. It's great. It's amazing. Got a lot of nice hair. He was a great pitcher. Oh, he was so oh, good. Don't take Probably on acid. If he he's bringing it up, Eckersley <laughs> probably took acid back in the day too. Who knows? Back. In I know he's days, a pretty but. big alcoholic, but that's all I've read about. Well, his... He was an alcoholic. He was definitely yeah. He was. For sure. he, like he's talked about it. So I can see right, well, whatever I he wants. <laughs> I think I'm done talking about Wade Miley. Yeah, I guess we'll see how he pitches the next start and see if he behaves. That's all you can really wait for. The crap that is Wade Miley was brought to you by Audible Read, the Sea on His Beat podcast series. And Audible Ale are not Audible Ale. Completely wrong spot. I'm sorry, I'm going. I'm going to a music festival this week. That's what my mind's on. Audible are giving you a free audiobook from the world's biggest online library. Go to audiblepodcast.com/backslash/celtics. Get your free audiobook if you want beer, free beer. I don't know where to tell you. You can't really find free beer. Audio it's not really. That, it's not that easy. Uh, I had Audible Ale in my mind. Red Hook Brewery, man. Sorry. That'd be fun. Um, become a beer now, just because you said it is a thing. Audible ale is a thing. <sighs> you need to drink more, Jess. Well, drinking it all will be drinking more for me, so. That's true. <laughs> all right, we'll move on. Let, let's uh, let's skip ahead to our fantasy segment here. I like to do it in the middle of the show. It's kind of a nice break between the crap that is the Red Sox and other stuff around the league. So, if I had a dollar do for our... telling you to the crap that is the Red Sox, that'd be rich. It's the best way to describe it. I don't know how else to describe it, Jess. If you want me to come up with something better, write my lines for me. No, I'm kind of enjoying um, it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get to the fantasy segment this week. Um, Jess, uh, obviously, we've done this for a while now. Lauren's going to join in, of course, this week. Uh, I'm going to let Jess start, and then we'll go to Lauren, and then come to me, and then we'll go back in that order again. So, Jess, go for it. All righty. My first one is one of the players we just saw over the weekend on the Toronto Blue Jays, Chris Colabello, Milford native. He's from these parts, and he— Milford, Connecticut? Milford, Massachusetts. Oh, even closer. Wow, These okay. parts, really. <laughs> Didn't know that. Yeah, he's he's a little older. I think he's like 30 or almost 30. He's been flopping around the minors, but he came up last year with the Twins, 
and he was born in Framingham, actually. So lives in Milford, born in Framingham. Pretty cool. Um, yeah, so he came up with the Twins and played well, but then they got rid of him, and then the Blue Jays decided to latch on to him. And boy, are they happy they did that because he's hitting three forty three. He's always been a consistent player ever since he came into the league, and is given no reason to think that he won't continue to be that. And at least in my fantasy league, he's hardly owned by anybody. I mean, he's given you three forty three average, four homers, twenty two RBI, and like that's that's prime fantasy right there. OBP of three eighty two. So go get out, go out and get Chris Colabello. He plays first base and outfield, so he gives you a couple different options to put him. I'm gonna go check out. in my league while you lovely chat about this. Yeah, he's he's it says in sixty three percent owned in ESPN, so that's just over half. So go out and get him while he's still <laughs> while he's still hot. I'm taking his advice. I'm trying. So, so that's my. You first. should do it too. Chris Colabello, Toronto Blue Jays, three forty three average. Lauren, go. Uh, my first <laughs> is also Toronto for with a uh, Kevin Pillar because the month of June he's just been like amazing. He's gone sixteen for forty two. He has nine stolen bases and three eighty one average. We're halfway through June. I think that'd be a solid pickup. I think yeah, he's only like, owned like eleven percent too. Oh wow! That's, yeah, that's good. You get his that's defense into your uh, into your team too. Because <laughs> he's a heck of a defensive player. He's nasty. He's the man. All right, good first one. All right, I'm gonna go my first one. Who do I want to go with first? I'll go with um, down in Miami. Good old Matt Latos. Uh, just came off the DL. Ha- having some struggles coming off the DL, but he just pissed the other night, and he looked like his old self coming off the DL again. And uh, 11Ks in that start. Um, if you, he's gonna, he's a strikeout guy. So if you need some strikeouts, I would go put him on as a lower end starter. Um, obviously, he's not completely 100 percent. Probably, it doesn't look like he's 100 percent to me, but I still think he's a value um, in my league. He's in my all, oh, not in my league, but on Yahoo, he, I saw he's only like 55, 60 percent owned because he was on the DL. So I would consider trying to see if he's still there. If not, even work the trade because he probably doesn't have that much value to whoever has him. So you could probably sneak him in for cheap. Yeah, it's a good one. And don't forget, it's M-A-T, not M-A-T-T. I know, He's, he's, yes, he's a different kind of Matt. <laughs> he's Matt. He, I, I agree. He's it's like a, like a doormat instead of a Matt, <laughs> a, a Matt name. <laughs> no, he's not a doormat. He pitches well. Stop yeah, it. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to talk about him. Don't compare He's not a doormat. doormat. Sorry. <laughs> Jesco. So go get him. Matt Latos. My second one is a Pittsburgh Pirates starter. Probably haven't heard of him. I know I hadn't heard of him. Charlie Morton. Don't look now, but he's 4-0 with a 2.05 ERA, and he's just heating up. He's a good pitcher, and because he's in Pittsburgh, nobody really talks about him. But those are great fantasy numbers. That's better than any pitcher I have on my team, I can tell you that. And he's pitching more consistently now. He didn't he didn't start pitching at the beginning of the year, but now he is. So if you want wins and a great ERA, go out and get Charlie Morton. And uh, building off the pitching, I'm going with Jamie Garcia from the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, he's healthy, so that's number one. Um, through five starts, he has a 2.08 ERA, and over his last 28 innings, he struck out 21 and walked no one. So I think that's a pretty solid pickup too. And I think in Yahoo, it's he's only owned 40% of leagues. So I had no idea he was that good. Me either. Healthy pitching. Healthy pitching is always a good thing. Yep. Because DL stints are not fun. Just remember when I started my, the year, my I had like three out of my four starting pitchers, like my top starting pitchers were on the DL. Right. Awful. They still are. Not gonna work. I dropped a couple of them. Awful. Anyway, all right, my last one, I'm going to stay on the pitching 
side of things. But I'm going to go reliever. Uh, Carson Smith in Seattle um, has officially gotten the closer job from Rodney out there in Seattle. Yeah, uh, he got the last, terrible. Yeah, he got the last two save opportunities and converted them both. Got good stuff. He's got a great fastball. Oof, killer fastball. Um, and, yeah, Rodney's clearly out. He's not been great for them. Seattle's been a rough year anyway, but um, any save opportunity seems like it's going to go through Carson Smith as of now, so go out and get him if you need some saves because he's probably going to get them. If the Mariners have a chance to have saves, they'll, he'll probably get the opportunity. So that is my uh, second one. So recap here, Jess, Chris Colabello, and Charlie Morton. Good picks there. Lauren had Kevin Pillar. Pillar? It's Pillar. I think it's Pillar. Is it Pillar? I think it's just like Millar except for the P. Okay. We'll yeah. go with that then. Kevin Pillar. You seem confident, so I'll go with it. Kevin <laughs> Pillar and Jamie Garcia. If you see, Honestly, if you're confident to me, I'll believe you. Uh, and I chose, gave you Matt Latos and Carson Smith. And there you go. There is your fantasy segment. Also new, Jess, I'm going to give you a little shout-out to your new article. We're going to have a fantasy article on Sionis Radio's Red Sox page. And you and Lauren are involved in it. So if you want to talk about it quickly, go for it. Yeah, we're going to do a, a weekly fantasy article. Uh, it's going to be me, Lauren, uh, Lars Yesterby, who's our new our new uh, Red Sox writer, and then uh, Adam Ballou as well. The four of us are going to take it on, and we're going to each do a couple of ads and drops for each week and give a little short description of why each guy should be ad and drops. So it'll just be like kind of an addition to what we do on the show. We'll be doing drops as well as ads and be doing a little sentence, a couple sentence descriptions. So those will be a good in- inclusion just to add on to the show of more fantasy advice that people can come to our website and listen and, and I read. Jess might have the same people. Lauren might have the same people. They might not. So you might have to listen and read and do both to see if they change their minds between article and podcast. That's right. And, of course, you'll have to listen to hear me because I'm not part of the article. So it's fine. So you, ha- you have to listen either way. You have to go Sorry. to both, right? Uh, you get everybody's opinion. Exa- exactly. So uh, it's going to be good stuff. I don't know when you guys – when are you guys starting that? Um, I'm thinking about starting it this week if we can get it off the ground. Okay. Cool. All right. So look out for, keep an eye out for that if you haven't already seen it because um, who knows when you'll listen to this show. <laughs> um, let's move on now. Good stuff in the fantasy segment. Um, John Farrell did something that I was very shocked about. And we've been talking about firing John Farrell. I'm still all for firing John Farrell. Um, But he called out Hanley Ramirez because if you didn't see it, he got – Hanley was on second. Um, He ended up getting caught at second because he leaned the wrong way and the whole thing. But either way, it was terrible base running, and that's what he got called out for. And John Farrell came out and said something in the media. I don't remember the exact quote. It's not in front of me. I can find it. Um – but to the lines of he called him out for not hustling and not smart, being smart and realizing what the situation was. Was it harsh enough? Was it too harsh, Jess? Lauren? Like, well, here. I know this is probably the first sign of life we've seen out of Farrell criticizing his players in public at all. But, like, is it a good first step? Like, what's going on with this? Like, is this something we should brush under the rug? Like, what's going on? Well, I'm going to let Lauren answer it first, but I got the quote here. He said, that's got to be through some anticipation of the given play. We get doubled off in a bases-loaded situation in the first inning hit line drive at your school to fight back and do what you can to get back safely. That didn't happen. Um, what happened was Xander Bogart smashed the line drive at Josh Donaldson, and Josh Donaldson was actually paying attention on Alexander Bogart, uh, not Xander Bogart, Hanley, and uh, doubled up Hanley at second to end the end. So, Lauren, I want to hear if you think that that was a good thing for Phil to do or if that was out of the line. Um, I think I'm okay with it because that just shows his frustration with the team and – just the sloppy base running, and when you have someone on base like Hanley Ramirez, who can score probably on a single, you want him to be paying attention. So I think that was just frustration on Farrell's end, and just being like, why can't we score when we have runners in scoring position? Especially when you have 
good base runners on. And when just... and you had a good batter at, at bat. You actually had Xander Bogarts hitting. So, like, yep. you expected to score some runs there. And he would have still good. had the chance had he just been paying attention and got back to second. Who was hitting behind Xander in that game? I don't remember. I think Xander was hitting fifth, so probably Napoli. Napoli. No. So he would have Wait, what day oh. was this? Um, that was Saturday, right? Saturday. Napoli wasn't in yep. the lineup Saturday. So it would have been somebody Maybe else. Was, was, oh, I think it was I Pablo. It would have been Pablo, yeah. He's been Pablo hitting well, so... Yeah. So it, you had a chance if you didn't get doubled up. As much, well, I was trying to make the point if that if it actually held up. Right. Because so so. he just completely leaned two steps the wrong way. He could have gotten back if he reacted quicker. My opinion is I love it. I think it's great because I'm not ready to kick Farrell out the door quite yet. I want to see what they do over the next couple weeks because I guess I'm one to wait, to wait for people. I guess I've always been like that. But I like it because it shows... I think. Well, first of all, I think that Farrell can see that he's on the hot seat. He'd have to be blind to not see that he's on the hot seat, but I'm sure he sees that. He sees that he's probably losing control a little bit and is trying to make up for that in a way and calling out specific guys. And I think he has every right to call out Hanley Ramirez because his attitude's been so bad all year. So I think that was a good thing. It was the right guy to call out, and it was obviously a big situation and could have turned the game around dramatically if they got a big lead because they would have had a lead rather than be down 10 to nothing. So I love it. I think it was a good move, and I hope he does more of it. Jared? Well, you know my stance on this. I'm not going to try to repeat everything you guys said, but I want to kind of offer a counter-argument to that because I loved it, it was every second of it. But a lot of times people always say Hanley's not the right guy to pick on because of what his history in L.A. and Miami where he just doesn't take well the criticism, and you need to kind of like, I want to say coddle him, but I guess it's really what it is. He needs to be coddled. Um, would you say that he shouldn't have done it just could you see an argument where he should have not done it because Hanley's just too sensitive of a child, man-child that he shouldn't have been able to take that criticism, even though he should be able to because he's a grown man? Yeah, I don't think I, – I think you can do what you want. The guy's over 30 years old. If he hasn't figured out how to take criticism yet, then he's probably never going to, and that's his own problem. And I think that's a big reason why no one, people saw the issues of him being here is because of that, his past. That's what he's been. Miami, he didn't take criticism well. Obviously, he was a little younger there. But when he went to L.A., no one could criticize him there, and they didn't because they didn't want to. It's like poking the bear. You don't want to do that. But I, I'd rather them poke the bear and get rid of Hanley than not poke the bear. Yeah, I feel like if you are in your 30s and you don't know how to take criticism, then you shouldn't be playing professional sports. Or you, if you're going to, then you need to do everything perfect and you shouldn't make stupid base running mistakes. Yep, every base matters, especially when you're not winning games. So that was that was definitely a big deal. I'm so disappointed in him because, like, I I mean, he seems so excited to be here. He was like, I'm back in Boston. This is great. And I think he still is though, because I'm hearing, I'm reading things and seeing things that like media members are saying he seems still excited to come in the ballpark every day. Like he seems like a 12 year old kid, not just mentally. <laughs> like when he comes in to the game and like into the locker room, he just wants to be there to play. So like, I don't know if that's just them blowing smoke to make him look better, but like I kind of believe that. And, like, he loves this game. Even when he got signed, he said he loved to be back. He was so excited to be back. I just don't know what's going on through his head. I mean, it's the way he's been his entire career. But, like, I believe it when they say he shows up wanting to play every day. I guess he's just a strange dude. He just wants to hit. He doesn't want to play left field. That's only one part of the game, unfortunately. But, hey, I don't want him to play left field either. So, I mean, I got one thing in common with him, I guess. Um but yeah, we don't need to talk about too long with Farrell. Do you guys quick quickly, Jess, do you think he should be fired yet? Nope. Farrell, no? Nope. No? Lauren? I do. I want him out the door. Thank you. Okay, and I'll <laughs> oh, break that no. tie. Resounding yes. Why? 
Yeah, I mean, at this point, okay, at this point, I don't think anything's really going to come of it because it's kind of late. It should have happened like three weeks ago, <laughs> but I still want him gone. And I would love to see. I, I, I'm not taking credit for this because it wasn't my original idea. I heard it on Felger and Baz here in Boston. But I really would love to see Ozzy Gingen get hired just because he oh, would God. make it so much more of an entertaining second half of the season. No, nah, let Farrell figure it out and see if they can turn it around. If the, okay, but sorry, I, was, I say I think he'll finish out the season. I think, like you said, it's too late to fire him now. It's the damage is done. They're ten games under 500, so I think he's just going to finish out the season, and then the day after season ends, he'll be gone. Well, what would it accomplish? Does, though? Does, does management go with him? I hope so. You hope so. <laughs> I think this. Okay, Jess. This is why Lauren and I both probably, at least I know, I do, but I'm assuming Lauren is on the same page as me with this. Look, at, except for 2013, which clearly wasn't on John Farrow, it was on some, how those guys were winning by the magic power of beards. We'll leave it at that. Um, since '09, they haven't had a winning season and barely won a playoff game. Like, I know. they've been awful, except for that one anomaly year they won 97 wins somehow. So, like, this, he's not a good manager. He doesn't fit well. And they need to move on. I don't think Ben Charrington's good at his job at all. Um, at, at at all, I don't think Larry Lucchino should be here. I think everyone. I think they should sell the team. I don't like them anymore. They're they're kind of old news. But complete besides them, uh-huh. se- besides them selling the team, Larry Lucchino down. All of their jobs should not be safe. But Larry Lucchino is not going anywhere. I've talked about that too until ownership gets out of here. But um, so the next best thing is fire Ben Sherrington and down, well, which I think should probably happen. I can. I, can, I mean, I can totally see it from your guys' point of view. I totally get why that would makes sense obviously i watch the same team that you guys watch i guess i don't know maybe i like your point about how how little they've done besides 2013 for the last six years it's it's getting old and i mean who knows if if they get rid of everyone and get new people it could be even worse i guess you don't know that until you do it but i guess sometimes you just need do need a new voice and maybe it is that time who knows i just don't think he's a good manager he never has been in toronto he wasn't either and he had talent up there too so like I don't know. I, I think it's just time to move on from Farrell. We don't need to talk about that anymore, though. That, that's kind of – I think we're going to be, uh, be keeping a dead horse with that one. So it's we're going to move on. out everywhere. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I don't think anyone wants, wants to listen to it because until it actually happens, it's not really a big deal anymore, um, which is clearly probably won't happen at this point if it hasn't happened already. Uh, John Henry seems very content with letting the ship sink very quickly to the bottom of the ocean. I don't know. Um, if they lose like 12 straight games or something, like if, they go, if they have another winless week, they might not have a choice. Especially now, though, one thing, too – quickly is like now that black got fired and they're only a game under 500 give you, give you do you think that puts the red sox any pressure at all to fire him i think it does definitely because like now that you have a guy who was hired and the roster put together crazy that we all thought the padres could challenge the division this year and because they put a great team together and now they're underachieving so now the manager's got to go but they're only a game under 500 Red Sox are, what, 10 under, you said, Lauren, and eight games back yeah. in the division, in a crappy division nonetheless. Like, there's got to be some accountability for that. You can't just let the ship keep going because it's not going re- to reset itself. I and think, I, I think the- you'd get fired if they lost, like, six or seven straight games, after, like, including, I mean, in addition to what they've already lost. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see what they do with their philosophy. Is Obviously, it depends on how they do well from here on out, but, like, what they do with the trade deadline and stuff like that. Um I don't know if I'm up for a complete blow up again. I don't think I really need to deal with that again. But um, oh excuse me, um, little hiccup here. Uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens there. Obviously, it depends on how they play from here on until end of July. This is a big so week. I say that every week. This is a big week. 
Last week was a big week too, and look, they lost all all the games. Yeah, it was a so, huge week, which is why this week's even bigger because if it happens again, then that's even worse. And if they do well, then people will get hopeful again, and they'll probably climb back in the division because it's such a crappy division. Yeah, big no, week. it's not fun. There's <sighs> time we got left here. I'm gonna look at the clock. All right, let's do this then. Let's just uh, quickly. Before we move on, don't forget you're listening to Red Sox Beat, of course, on CLNS Radio. Get us on Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. Um, quickly, I want to talk about the All-Star voting, just because of the anomaly that's going on right now, and then we'll get to the preview before we get out of here for the week. Um, right now, I, if it hasn't changed since I looked at it, the Royals have seven out of the nine positions filled on the starting roster, starting lineup. Only difference is Altuve's in there, and second in Mike Trout, obviously, playing outfield. So what's is this just the fans taking over? Because I don't really like the fan vote. I'm kind of up for them getting rid of the fan vote because this is what happens. Because um, there are a lot of t- people who should deserve to be there. I mean, like the Red Sox, Xander Bogarts right now, or Pedroia should be starting. I don't like – there's so many other opportunities that the Royals don't necessarily need to have seven out of the nine position players filled. Yeah, I think it's a little ridiculous that they have that many on there. And I do think it's the fans just – blowing up and just trying to get their guys in there and like you said Xander Bogart should definitely be on there I don't blows my mind that he's not these Royals are like I'll give the Royals credit they're good they have a good team and they're still up there but like and a few of them do deserve it but like I don't see why seven out of nine people should be on one team it's like back in the day when the Yankees had like their middle infield we were all like what is this and now they have a whole basically their starting lineups going to play together I kind of like it, though, like, since the Royals are not... Oh, you would like it. <laughs> well, no, stop no, no, no. I, okay. No, stop so, it. No. Just agree with me and Lauren and move on. No, I hate the fan vote. I've always hated fan voting for stuff because they're stupid. Okay, you agree with me. That's fine. I'll Absolutely, take that. I hate that. But I'm just saying I'm saying it's fun only because it's the Royals and it's, like, a different team. Like, it's not the same old Yankees or, like, a team that's True. always good. Like, they're they're good as of as of recently, so it's kind of entertaining. I don't want them to have seven of the nine. That's ridiculous, but at the moment, it's kind of fun. I will say, too... I do like that the Royals are actually playing well again this year because a lot of people said they were going to suck and fall back yeah. to the bottom of the division. Yeah. But, like, they're actually playing well again. So good for them. Just, I still don't want them all to play, start in the All-Star game. Right. It's stupid. But I, I do like that they actually have a good team again. But where's the love for the Astros? They're better than the Royals are. <laughs> yeah, but they just lost, like, seven in a row. Yeah, and well. it's the Astros. Not many, the big, not many big names on the Astros. Yeah, Actually, they're not better than Kansas City. They're actually a couple percentage points below. But whatever. They were. They were, they better, were yeah. for a while, but yeah, no, they, they lost seven in a row. It kind of doesn't help. Boy, the American League's terrible. Yeah, and <laughs> we're at the bottom of it. Oh, stop. <laughs> yeah. Good timing to move on, Jess. Let's preview the crap week that's going to be ahead here. So uh, let's see here. we got four against the Braves, home and home. Two home, two on the road. Uh, three at Kansas City, those wonderful Royals we just talked about. Uh, pitching is Porcello, Miley, Kelly, Buckholz for the Braves games. And then Erod, Porcello, and Miley for the Royal Series. Um, you have two home games this week. I don't know, dude. I, I, I'm going to be pessimistic on this one, and I'm saying they're going to split with the Braves, and I'll, and then I think they're going to get swept by the Royals. We'll get more into the Royal Series in a bit, but let's stay with the Braves Series here, both of you. Um, I think Lauren agrees with me, but Jess is being optimistic again, and I don't like it because he's probably going to be right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's whenever. I don't know, usually I feel like it's the opposite of what I think, but I did get the last, not last week, but the last week I predicted completely correct, so I'm feeling pretty good coming off of that good prediction, and 
that was a great that was a really good week following a horrendous week. So last week was a horrendous week again. So maybe they'll have a good week. And I'm not saying they're going to be like really really good. I'm saying three out of four from the Braves, which is good. But then losing two out of three to the Royals, which puts them in a four and three week, which is obviously better than zero and six. But it's not as good as you want if you want to get back in the race. So I'm kind of going in the middle. Uh, going with Jared with split with the Braves, and then I think they're going to lose two out of three to the Royals. I just don't think. I've just given up. I don't think they're going to... Right attitude. I'm right there with you. Right there with you. I don't think this team can take two like take two out of three from a team anymore. I just... I'm done. Oh, I'm so done. I'm right there with you. Uh, I'm, I'm so done that I'm having them get swept by the Royals on top of splitting with the Braves. So they're only winning two games this week, and that's a, a prayer of a miracle compared to last that's week. That's so, better than 0-6. <laughs> so I'm, they're still going better than... I'm not picking them to go 0-7, people. I'm not that pessimistic. They have to win a game within the next within two weeks of each other by dumb luck. Or else everyone's point. fired, like I just said. <laughs> yeah, and they're playing the Braves, who aren't that great either. So it's just... I don't know. They're probably going to win one of the games at home, and they'll probably lose the rest of the week. So I'm thinking that's why I'm thinking they might win. I don't even know. They might. I don't. Even, I don't even know who they're going to pick to win out of the first four games because Porcello's crap, Miley's awful, Kelly's the worst on the staff, and then Buckholz is inconsistent as ever. So Buckholz so is going to win, obviously. Who, no, who do you pick to win those? I, I'm going to pick Rick Porcello to win tonight. Yeah, but like can turn it around. I, but other than that, I don't know who to pick. And then Erod blew up, but I think that's going to be an anomaly. So they, they might win that game, but like I still don't want them. To, they're not going to win. They're not going to win. Um, you said so yeah. when I picked the five and two weeks, so I don't want you to eat your words. And you're not going to be here next uh, week to eat your words, darn it. No, you got to give me credit, because I gave you credit if I'm right. I'll give you credit, but you're not going to be right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, um, Jess, who who are you looking out for uh, against the Braves and against the Royals? Because not many people might not know the Braves, especially because they're bad. But, and don't say Johnny Gomes, because I know you're lying to me if you're looking out for Johnny Gomes. Well, no, he's not really a player to look out for. <laughs> I wish he was still here, just because he'd be fun in the locker room, but no. He would be fun. Um, I'd watch out for Freddie Freeman on the Braves. He's in 306 with 12 homers and 40 RBI. He's obviously their best hitter overall. I, mean, I haven't looked at all their players, but I'm sure that's the best. Uh, <laughs> and then pitching-wise, I don't know who is pitching for them, but if Julio Tejeron is pitching, he's supposed to be their best pitcher. His ERA is kind of high, but he is supposed to be their ace. So if you're pitching against him, I mean, if you're hitting against him, watch out for that. Those are my two. Any disagreement, Lauren, at all? Um, no, I think that's those are pretty solid picks to watch out for, and especially on a team that's not very good right now, too. Yeah, honestly, Jess, you actually picked the two that I was going to say. Woo-hoo. So we're just going to go with Jess's picks because that's I, that's the research that I did. Jess knows what he's talking and, about. So Jess kind of knows what he's talking about, I guess. So that's it. We're just going to stick with that. So, um, and I'm going to throw a curveball at we, oh, each of you, Jess. We don't usually do this, but I'm kind of curious. Um. Who is the one player on the Red Sox that you would like to see and could potentially have a turnaround week this week? Oh, that's a great question. You're welcome. Have fun with it. Mike Napoli. I'm going for it. Oh, Mike God, Napoli. That's bold. That is bold. That is bold, my friend. Well, two um, days off, he's getting his head back into the game, and maybe he'll turn it around. Wow. I'm going the same. I want to see this guy break out. I know what he's capable of, and I love Mike Napoli. Um, and I'm ready for him to start hitting and stop sucking. It would help the team so much too if he could just do anything. I know, anything just like at all, anything at all, just hit the ball. Yep, singles. Single. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care if you walk with the bases loaded. Don't, just like don't get out. That'd be a run. That's great. Yeah, it's an RBI. Exactly. Up, up your RBI total. Mike Napoli, please um, give us anything. Uh, yeah, I'm disagreeing with both of you because I know it's just not going to happen. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Mookie Betts. That's a good one too. 
because he obviously just ran into the wall. We didn't really talk about it. He just like, crashed into the wall hard the other day. Um, he's back in the lineup tonight as of Monday, so it looks like he's going to get back. But he has obviously hasn't been great as of late. Been demoted down to the lower half of the lineup. Hasn't been hitting leadoff because of Pedroia's success. And they've been hitting Brock Holt second, which is weird, but it's working, so whatever. Um, as long as Xander, Xander Bogart's hitting above fifth, I can't argue. Um, but, yeah, no, I look for Mookie Betts to have turned around because he hasn't, and I just feel like this kid has too much talent to not turn around at some point because at the beginning of the year he was sitting okay and then he kind of started to play a little worse and his timing seemed off but I think this week's a week especially against the Braves with two at home I think it's a good timing for him to come back and uh, recoup, re, re, uh, recoup himself a little bit here that'd be great if both of them did that would help a lot see I went more realistic I wasn't over the top <laughs> exaggeration yeah but like I usually am well yes, either, I, was actually, so not... I was actually very realistic this time yeah what's Betts' average do you have it off the top of you if not not a big deal yeah it's um, 237 Oh, it's not very good. I mean, it's not 200. Well, no, but... So I'm taking the odds and making sure Mookie Betts is better. Whatever. Well, let's, let's All right. hope they're both better. Let's get Napoli up to 220 and <laughs> Betts up to 250. Uh, if only. All right, we're, we're, we're out of time. We're going to end it there. That's that's it. I don't want to talk about Mike Napoli anymore, so we're going to end the show. <laughs> uh, sports fans, want to engage with your favorite CLNS personalities? Download the Reached app. Today, for both iPhone and Android, are you a fan of the Red Sox, Bruins, Patriots, or Celtics? Make your voice heard. Join your favorite show, and our host will ask the questions. Maybe your answer will get heard on air, and it has. Jess has read verbatim the, the responses that we, you guys have given. Uh, download the Reached app today at reachedapp.com backslash CLNS. Um, you can find us again on Twitter, at Red Sox Beat. Jess, I really don't remember your Twitter handle. Can you just say it? I really always screw it up. <laughs> at CLNS underscore Jess A-N. And you can find Lauren at la 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 whatever what is la, it? La, 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 la. <laughs> la 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 Lauren four R's. <laughs> okay, there you go, four three, R's. Is it, three, is it four laws or three laws? La la, um, la 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 la. It's three laws before Lauren. And then they and then four. three laws Lauren with four, four R's. R's. <laughs> okay, that's what we're going to have to say from now on. Of course, you can find us on uh, Tumblr, Facebook, Twitter, the whole nine yards. Email too, like I said, it's Red Sox Beat. See on us at gmail.com. Uh, Lauren, great job. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I had fun. Yeah, you're not going anywhere. You're I'm, I'm stuck. <laughs> you can, you're not going anywhere. Whether you want it to or not, you're not going anywhere. Um, next week, Jess and Lauren will have you covered on Red Sox Beat because I will not be here. So Jess has the responsibility. Again, all, it's all on him next week. So anything, any problems, contact Jess. Not me. I won't be here. Um, that being said, great show. Both of you. Um, other than that, nothing really left to say except for uh, hopefully the Red Sox at least win a game this week. Crap. Uh, the starting Red Sox, with, right? Starting with <laughs> the crap that is the Red Sox. Um, until next week, Jess and uh, Lauren, I'll talk to you guys in a few weeks. Um, everyone, enjoy what you can with the baseball team. See you. Bye.